Podcast. 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 Are we saying podcast? Welcome back. Welcome back. Two fanboys and a filthy casual back to you once again. This is Dennis. This is Lewis. And this is Harold. It's been a while since we've had an episode to ourselves. Um, if you have not been we had we did have an opportunity for episode two of the dorkiest timeline next time, the last time. And I thought that episode uh, turned out well. What do you guys think? I thought it was a great experience. I think, um, uh, excuse me, the, that new format of uh, unique, um, you know, non-timely pop culture questions uh, it, it was a lot of fun. And of, of course, adding Kurja in the mix, always welcome. Oh, yeah, I was telling the guys in our chat and Kurja as well, um, I I think that's probably one of the best episodes we've ever had, uh, mainly in terms of the flow and just having the change up a little bit different where we didn't really stick too much to our regular format, which we are kind of what we do here. But the fact that we had a central idea and it lasted literally for 90 plus minutes and captivated, uh, hopefully the audience, but, you know, the three of us who were uh, trying to learn more about the particular subject, which was the Korean pop band BTS. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, please check it out. I think it's one of the best works that we've ever done. And if, you, uh, if you're listening to this, you might want to check it out quickly because it might be taken. <laughs> um, so if you... copyright, copyright police might come knocking on Dennis's door soon. <laughs> <laughs> you put Lewis's name on to the 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 that count so the I'm, head of the LLC is that's uh just Lewis and company yeah H <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but uh, today we do have a we are going back to the well as, as some might say but uh, surprisingly this might come as a shock to people we're not going to talk about poopery we're not going to talk about movies we're not going to talk about Marvel or Star Wars we're actually going to be talking about something that we like watching, uh, definitely I do, um, and we think we might be good at it sometimes. And uh, of course, that topic is, of course, sports. Um, and uh, we're leading us off today, our sportscaster, Harold. You may. Oh. I was going to oh, uh, have. I thought he had like a fancy name, Johnny Mountain. No, it's sports. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, that's a nickname I got in college as well. Um, <laughs> I thought we were going to open the Lewis. <laughs> Lou, are you opening? Yeah, I thought it was. I thought the segue was for me too. Lewis is the sports guy. Well, Harold's the weatherman. I am the sports guy. I am the yeah. sports guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we're gonna start wait, off wait, with not Colin Mockery, who's just gonna come up what, with a, like random things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite part of Who's Lying too, though. I uh, check for <laughs> Dennis that. referencing Colin Mockery, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once in a blue moon. There's all these names that I cannot remember, but for some reason, Colin Mockery was right there. <laughs> Greg Proops. <laughs> I just love okay, Greg uh, Proops' name. Uh, go ahead. Um, Johnny Mountain Lewis, uh, you may, you may, you may go. All right. Well, yeah. The topic we want to talk about or start off with is uh, with basically on every uh, streaming service and cable lately is the Olympics. Um, so obviously the Olympics began a few weeks ago, if you're listening to the podcast and well, you know, 
lots of great competition, obviously a very different look to this year's Olympics with, you know, the stands being practically empty and, but you know, that, that hasn't stopped a lot of our perform a lot of these athletes from performing their, at their best. Uh, speaking of performing at their best. So, I mean, we have premised it before and we're going to start the episode off with it, but you know, obviously if you listen to the podcast, you know that we are, we three are Filipino Americans. So, um, uh, we're related to Olympics news. Great big congratulations to uh, Olympic, I'm sorry, Olympic weightlifter Helen Diaz for for getting the gold medal in women's weightlifting. So kudos to her. Woo! That's me cheering and literally every auntie and mom and tita uh, sharing links and and pictures of her incredible achievement. The first first ever gold medal for the Philippines. We've had silver, we've had bronze, we've had participation uh, uh, trophies, but this is our first genuine gold. This universe. Yes, <laughs> numerous. That, yeah, several, several times. Several, exactly. <laughs> I've read that statistic somewhere that for some odd reason, the Philippines is oddly like really high in Miss Universe competition. So I don't know. Wait, wait uh, time out. Time out. Oddly? I mean, they're, you, you, they're beautiful you, women, but like in the, in, the, in the scheme of like all these countries, like we've won more than a lot of other countries have ever. So like we have like three or four already. And yeah, anyway. Something, Louis. Come on. Yeah, but uh, well, who's counting? But um, I digress. So back to the, uh, uh, Hedelin's achievement. So yeah, what did you guys think about that amazing lift? I know, um, you know, uh, if you don't know, but Harold Crossfits and I did before. <laughs> Of course, but you know, amazing, amazing achievement to to beat out literally the whole world in this competition. So yeah, what did you guys did you guys get to see this uh, amazing thing? I unfortunately did not get to uh, see it uh, firsthand. Um, kind of like what you referenced, Lou, where every single auntie and tita uh, out there in the world, like literally, like I think fifteen seconds right after it, it won, I like yeah. aunts. That uh, that messaged me and and sent me uh, the link and I was like oh crap and but I think the the one thing that I, I do kind of want to mention is um, you know a minute you know minutes later um, I got another um, video and it was a video that I was not expecting and I didn't expect it was that it was going to hit me hard because you know um, as we referenced before as Lewis said we are from uh, we are from the Philippines, but we have migrated over here, and we have made America our home. And you know, we are proud to say we are Filipino Americans. But when um, I heard um, and I saw Helen's uh, um, uh, up in the podium, and they started playing the Filipino national. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. I have to tell you, I was, I, I had like I was choking up, and I had like a tear, you know, uh, going down my uh, my my eye. And it was it, it was one of those things where uh, it reminds me because there was an old PC game back in like the 90s where um, there was an Olympics game, and every single time I would play, I would always choose the, uh, the Philippines as, as my, <laughs> and so I would always listen to the, the 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 Filipino anthem there. But it was surreal to hear it, um, you know, on uh, on well, at that point, not at that point, but that it was out there live in front of everybody, that we actually got to dust off the Filipino national anthem um, in, in, the, um, in the Olympics and that we were able to use it. So that was pretty darn amazing. Um, and I finally, I actually saw her lift. And aside from what Harold was joking around uh, that, 
it was just distracting that the um that the announcer kept on saying words that were like kind of iffy um it was still a it was still a, a magnificent show of strength and i was like damn you know <laughs> I know, as we referenced again, Harold and Lewis CrossFit. I was looking at it and going, "Nah, you got it. You can do it. Never, never, ever going to be able to do that one." Uh, yes, I do lift. <laughs> what, a, what a douchey way to introduce myself. <laughs> Her form could have been better. I mean, yeah. well, no, gotta, no, no, no. You get a point in our board there, just for douchiness. Uh, just for douchiness. <laughs> that one, thank you. Um, dude, as someone who lifts, we get it. Lifts. Okay, we get it. <laughs> but like the. By the way, uh, to the audience uh, earlier on, Harold was like, "Nah, I could have done that with one hand." <laughs> uh, no, if she if she deadlifted that two twenty, what is it, two seventy? I could do that with with one arm. But like, yeah, that's that's me breaking. Um, but um. Yeah, dude, clean and jerks are one of the toughest Olympic lifting movements. Uh, if people don't understand how you, what you're supposed to do is you have to grab a weight and you're literally trying to lift that weight up into a position where you can get your body and your arms under it and then literally have to hold it in the air and then put it over your head. And for them, they have to lock it out for, I think, till all three lights go off, which is like three seconds, which for 270 pounds and a girl that weighs 145 pounds, uh, not tough. As me, in my 200 pounds, can barely do that. I don't even think I could do that. And like, just literally having to think about like the fact that a whole little woman from a country that you, you would even be surprised that they could provide enough protein for her to like get that kind of strength <laughs> and energy. Um, <laughs> it, it's like it's crazy and. Um, one of the guys I follow on ESPN, mainly because he's funny and he's a, a, a pretty good analyst, is Pablo Torre. And Pablo Torre, being a Filipino-American, very proud about anytime any Filipino is able to do any kind of uh, accomplishment in the realm of sports. And he has a little podcast. He has not a little podcast, but he has a pretty popular podcast. And uh, he opened it with a little segment about the fact that, A, the government did not want her to lift. And right. they, did not, they did not support her at all. That's crazy. And then yeah. be the fact that she was able to defeat the Chinese who dominate in weightlifting. It's like one of their things, like besides gymnastics before, um, uh, Chinese women are pretty much dominant in all of the weightlifting categories. And so for her to actually defeat them, it was literally, you know, her Rocky story. And so he's telling his, his version of it and her, him being proud. And then he does the same thing. He plays the anthem in the background. And it's like, yeah, there's that whole stigma against uh, the national anthem just being a song. But at the same time, for people who, like our families who came from a country, literally it's the you know, our national, our nation of origin, we still have that pride for our country there as well. And I'm with Dennis. I never thought I would hear that song in the Olympics. Like I, I always imagined if anything, it was going to be a boxer, but they would never get to like, you know, gold medal status and man having her win for the first time. And then Dennis showed us that video and I'm, I'm be the same way, dude. I started tearing up and I was like, we heard this song so many times opening for PCNs and other performers before, 
like it's crazy how we didn't you know stick that stigma to performance as well but you know seeing her salute because she's a a member of the uh i think she's in the navy then the philippine naval arm uh, naval academy and uh you know her saluting her crying and seeing our flag raised above other countries Uh, dude like that's the biggest moment probably in olympics history for our country so yeah, um, H, I kind of want to add something to it. You were talking about how you know, this was her rocky moment. Um, you know, I don't know if you heard it, but like, the, you know, we talk about how, you know, Rocky had like all the, this training, um, but she was actually caught. Um, I forget where she was, what country she was in at that time, um, right when the pandemic happened. Um, and it just so happened that she really did have like a proper gym for for quite a long time so what they had to do was in the apartment where she was they basically had to like put padding <laughs> underneath the floor just so that in the, just so that in the fear that they're gonna like crack or like destroy the um the floor and so like though she really for a good portion of it she, um you know leading up not, not i mean of course leading up to it um, there was more proper uh uh, you know, equipment, but a good portion of that time leading up to it, um, she really didn't have a proper gym to do it. So it was more like Rocky in Russia in the uh, yeah that uh, in the that, barn. Yeah. So you know when they when they brought up that story, it always reminds me of when I went to visit my family in the Philippines one time, and this was I know this is getting not super personal, but then remember that one summer where we worked out like that one year where we just worked out like every day we ran like every day we lifted every day and we'd like go get protein shakes afterwards and be like yeah yeah bro Um, (laughs) and then that summer i went to the philippines and my uncle was like hey you know you're you're not in bad shape i'm gonna make weights for you and he took a metal pipe and he took two coffee cans the big yuban senka giant cans and filled them with uh cement and then he uh, put the the pipes inside, and then when they dried off, he was like, "I made you a dumbbell." And I was like, "Wow, that was that's crazy. How do you just you just made that just for me?" And it, I was just like, "The ingenuity of the Filipino people, in order for them to make like weightlifting equipment, <laughs> fantastic." So yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, so, speaking of Hitlin, that's awesome, H, because like I think I've seen those hollow block like jimmy um weights before so that's you're right dude ingenuity when, when you got nothing you make you make something out of nothing so yeah like i've seen the, that those uh kind of uh almost virally videos of uh Hitlin lifting like jugs of water with like yeah. rods and just like making the most out of her opportunity so yeah props to her uh kudos to her her whole team and if i'm not mistaken like you know, it's ironic, like Dennis uh, or Harold, I'm sorry, I forgot who premised it, but like, unfortunately, she did not get a lot of support before the competition. But after the fact, uh, you know, I think ESPN is even reporting or, or somebody else is basically she's the country's uh, her oyster at this point. Like she's got like, I think, two homes, a few million, you know, pesos coming her way. Not to not to mention, I'm sure huge endorsement deals and everything like that. If Manny was the man for like a de- for decades in the Philippines. I think it's it's time for uh, it's a uh, change of pace and it's going to be uh, Hitler's time. So congratulations to her. Um, so speaking of Olympics, I think uh, like bringing it back locally, 
I think one, uh, you know, if you haven't, uh, if you've been listening to the show and if you know any of you three of us, you know that we're huge basketball fans. So I think uh, one of the other things I wanted to talk about was the fact that USA basketball finally won against Iran of all, uh, of all countries and are now one and two in their pool play. So kind of a rough start. USA. <laughs> USA. USA. <laughs> but I mean, I, I get it. Like, it's incredible to me that I, I know it's kind of cliche. And I think a, a Harold, Harold's Twitter following is basically my following because I follow whoever Harold follows because he knows who to follow. Um, but like, I think it was Pablo Torre or, or uh, one of the uh, funnier guys there said something like, or, you know, basically it's true that the, the rest of the world has basically caught up. Uh, those two losses the USA suffered was from France and Spain, uh, both of which have starters who play you know, our all-stars in the NBA, in the league. So it's not exactly like we're, we're it's not like exactly the U.S. is losing to like, you know, some podunk country or whatnot. So these are like countries who have athletes in, you know, NBA starting rosters and, you know, in, in France's case, uh, defensive players of the years and, and champions in Spain with uh, Mark and Paul Gasol. So, you know, uh, what did you guys think about, uh, have you guys had a chance to watch any of the basketball games? I know the interest is kind of waning, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. So I don't know if you guys have had a chance to even watch any of the games. Uh, definitely, the interest has been waning. I, I think, um, you know me, as long as I'm, you, you said that I'm a basketball fan. Uh, uh, let me correct you. I am a Laker fan. <laughs> the, the moment the, the Lakers left, I was like, what's basketball? <laughs> you know, so the, the only time I'm now interested in is when my daughter is playing. That's it. No. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the thing with, uh, you know, it's interesting you talk about that they caught up. I think one of the biggest problems is that it's not just that they caught up, but uh, we forget that our style, and when we say our, we say the NBA, the NBA, NBA style of, of, of playing is different from the way everybody else does it. And so you're talking about France, you're talking about you know all these other European countries. Um, not only do they have NBA stars there, but you know we, we also have teams that aside from maybe maybe one or two stars you know are, are actually playing constantly in the european style and something that the nba really doesn't know anything about and so um it, it's no wonder that um, they're struggling and you know it, it was funny that we were like people are making such a big deal oh yeah we're we're we're, we're good we, we we uh we dominated iran uh, 60 points and everything but it's like, um, name me one NBA player from Iran. You know, <laughs> there might be, there might Maybe. be like some starter. You know, like, is there an actual like major starter? I, I don't think so. So, so you know, uh, the the fact that uh, we're we're just not the we, but some people are celebrating and saying, "Don't worry, we got this. We just beat the crap out of Iran." You know that that's. That's not an accomplishment at this point. So um, definitely, you know, not the dream team. Definitely the 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 um, the, the interest for me is not there. I'm hoping and I'm praying that um, you know that that they do well because you know we don't have any other you know Sunni Lee finally got the the, the gold medal. Um, Biles unfortunately you know left the right. competition. So. We, we we need to be cheering for something, and I'm hoping it's them. 
international basketball is just a completely different thing because like Dennis kind of prefaced just a little bit, like for the most part, those international teams play together all the time. Like they do tournaments and they, they, they like do practices together. They've been practicing for years. Um, <clears throat> USA basketball is usually just like, Hey, anybody want to play basketball? <laughs> Who's not uh, in the playoffs? <laughs> except for uh, Trey young. Cause you know, they didn't need perimeter shoot or anything against the Europeans. But um, like, the the team that they amassed obviously great individual teams are great individual players but working together as of now it it's it's just not it's not there yet they needed everybody to practice uh luckily for them you know uh chris middleton drew holiday devin booker who just finished up in the finals um also congratulations to the bucks because i don't think we ever talked about them but you know good for them um and you have the two, three people who literally just came off of, you know, the longest part, uh, the longest season for anybody else. And they're three of the best players they have. Uh, but it's just rough. Like, I, I, I always appreciate international basketball. Just like a lot of people said, the rules are different. Um, fouls are a completely different monster in international play because you don't get called. I mean, you don't get the calls that you would imagine you get calls for. Um, so they're learning and they're lucky they're lucky that they have one of the best coaches of all time leading them but he needs for all of those guys to gel together they need to actually play defense like watching them getting schooled by ricky rubio who's like 50 years old uh doing the same things he does to the lakers and no other team apparently um like it gets old dude like can somebody stop Ricky Rubio is a question I thought I was going to stop asking about 12 years ago, but the man keeps going and then he got traded today. So you kind of feel bad for him, but like, you know, good for everybody else. It's great to see that it's never going to be an easy path again for team USA basketball. Uh, You love, you love the fact that there's actual competition nowadays. Blowouts are fun. Like watching the original dream team destroy everybody by 50 or 60 points was hilarious but um, that was when literally it's like the greatest collection of basketball players ever is going to play against your country. So good luck. Sorry, yeah. Angola. Yeah. <laughs> Monstars versus uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah exactly. We'll, we'll be bringing back up the Monstars later on in this episode. Mm, good call. <clears throat> well, that's all I got for Olympic talk. Uh, anything else? I really thought that was the segue that we were going for. Uh, we could do that. We could do one more thing real quick. Is uh, there was there was another uh, monster team that was contri- uh, created today. Monster-ish. Uh, dude, one of the guys is from the goon squad. <laughs> the other guy is playing against the goon squad, and the other guy definitely should have been in both of those movies because he is a literal monster. <laughs> and I know Dennis kind of talked about it earlier. Not really talked about it, but um, we are Dennis and I are Laker fans. Lewis is whoever team is convenient for him to be a fan. Go Bucks! Exactly. <laughs> Go Phoenix Bucks! Go Phoenix Bucks! <laughs> Can't lose with that team. Uh, but earlier today, uh, as far as we know, and until the NBA uh, decides to screw with our team again. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers have traded for Russell Westbrook. <laughs> what the hell? You're right, H. Uh, real quick before we we go, <gasps> surprise. Um, is there a chance that we're we're gonna they're gonna pull a Chris Paul on this one? 
Ouch. Well, the thing that's different about Chris Paul is, and everybody always talks about this, is when Chris Paul was traded, was initially traded, he was traded from the New, from the New Orleans Hornets, uh, who did not have an owner at the time. So instead of them having an owner who could uh, make the the business decisions, they were owned by all of the owners of the NBA, including the commissioner. So when that trade was going through, all the other owners were like. No, we can't have that team. We can't have Dwight Howard or what well, Dwight Howard was on the team yet, but we can't have Kobe Bryant have uh, Chris Paul playing next to him. So when people are always like, "Oh, they did they they are the ones who res-, like the NBA rescinded the trade." No, the owners of the NBA teams rescinded the trade. So that can't happen. What officially can't happen is the trade can't be completed until August sixth, which means we have a week from now. So a week from as we are recording which means things can change, but for the most part, the agreement has been made. So if anything, the main players are going to stay. So it's Russell Westbrook for KCP, who is Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, and a first-round pick in the two... Jesus Christ. In the first... This is off the top of my head. I'm trying to remember it. But I think it's the first-round pick in the 2022 draft. Um, so four players for Russell Westbrook. And, and uh, our pick for... Our pick for this... Uh, for for this uh, first round is it was also taken. Okay, so then that's who they got. So four players for Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook being a former NBA uh, MVP, the man who has the most triple doubles in history, um, the guy who can't shoot a three-pointer unless you really force him to, <laughs> but he's a machine. And if anyone – they always compare like um, – work ethic nobody has a harder work ethic than russell westbrook and then the second person probably would be lebron james and then you have those two people on the same team yes i really believe that they're they're gonna have a lot of clashes like uh there's gonna be a lot of um like who like the big problem with brooklyn was who gets the ball um and here it's like who brings up the ball and we're not gonna space well because we have no perimeter shooters so it's going to look hilarious having four guys down at the bottom of the key, bottom of the key and Alex Caruso just chilling up top like somebody somebody throw me the ball but I'm open. Yeah. So I mean it's good um it's a good move for future talent as well like THT Alex Caruso if those guys get resigned to pretty good deals they should have more space to learn more about uh you know Laker basketball. And we get Russell Westbrook in return. So, I mean, people said that he declined. And then you look at last year and he literally took him and Bradley Beal took a team that had no right to, at all to make it to the playoffs. I think they went 16 and one at the very end of last season. So until they got to the playoffs, but. Uh, I, I think with five players, you know, that's enough, right? Yeah, you, you know, have to start right. <laughs> yeah, but at, I, I think at, my favorite part about the analysis is like, yeah, Westbrook, 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 excuse me, will be like alleviating a lot of the pressure, like like LeBron's been playing. Like I know one of the biggest uh, issues with this last season was injury, and like <clears throat> it was almost like uh, you know the finals was basically a matter of like who was not who was least injured of all the teams, and so I mean it's not to take away anything from the Suns nor the Bucks. But yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense that LeBron is not exactly the spring chicken he is anymore. He's still amazing, obviously. Uh, but, you know, Westbrook will definitely lead that. You know, uh, it's going to be a, a welcome sight to have uh, Westbrook back in L.A. I mean, if you don't know, he played UCLA basketball back in the 2008, 
season. Just he did, he played like one year. You know, he was one of those one and done kids. Uh, but yeah, so it, it'll be good for the economy, good for the for for viewers. And it, it it is it does you know beg the question like we're talking Westbrook and he did like he basically took over the uh the 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 news cycle because today was a draft and of course it's Olympics but everybody uh, all everybody wants to talk about is uh Russell Russell Westbrook Lord Russell Westbrook Russell uh, Russell Westbrook <laughs> I'm just yeah. excited that we finally have another UCLA point guard again because it's been so long since we had the quality of Jordan Farmer. Hey, I forgot. I was trying to think of what you were going for with that one. Oh yeah, Farmer, excellent pull. Yeah, he, he was that guy. <laughs> he was that guy. No, um, the one thing that um is exciting though is that um, I, for the listeners who might not know this, I think I'm one of the few people in the world that actually still listen to AM radio like mm-hmm. consistently. Um, and uh, he, while uh, Harold is really excited about this uh, Russell Westbrook trade. Um, I'm really excited that even though uh, the Dodgers have been crapping out against the, uh, the Giants. The Giants. Oh, um, Jesus Christ. Dude, our, the possible trade um, rumor that, that uh, opened up today, I mean, I'm hopeful again, dude. Like, we have uh, the Scherzer from, uh, from Washington. The Royals. Oh, no, from the Na- – oh, what's his name? Trevor Scherzer from the Nationals. Yeah. So yeah. They're, they're just saying that – People of Washington D.C. really got screwed over by Los Angeles today. Yep. <laughs> Maybe. District of Columbia got scammed. Thank you yeah. so much. It wouldn't be a problem if we made a mistake, guys. <laughs> so, I, I mean, who knows? Maybe um, Harold gets uh, another hat that has a dual, <laughs> and uh, with uh, Matt Stafford um, with the Rams. I mean, I don't know how the uh, the hat's gonna look, but Imagine if we can get three championships this year. Imagine if Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford, could actually throw as many touchdowns as he does interceptions. Oh man, amazing! Rams would be great. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. At least, at least he's gonna be throwing in, in, instead of a uh, Jared Goff, who's just like you know, watching. At least, at least Goff was good looking. Stafford and also Stafford's. Remember, Stafford's best friend is uh, Clayton Kershaw, so he's at least happy to be in Los Angeles. So there you go. You know, um, well, you know, my uh, my my segue kind of broke down a while ago. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so we'll we'll um, we'll just kind of go straight into it. You know, today we're going to be talking about two, uh, one movie and one series uh, that dropped and that we we are, we are really really excited about. And so we're going to start with since we are still talking about sports. Um, and we are talking about the Lakers um, and the NBA. You know, um, the, you combine all these things um, and you get a the love child of video gamers and basketball. And that is Space Jam 2, the new legacy um, that just recently came out. Um, I don't know, Lou, um, with uh, our time, I don't know if we, we have enough time to do a, a lose Views. What do you think? I think so. If you listen to the the you know we we've missed you, Dan. You've been off. Uh, you, you were off uh, two weeks ago for recording. Uh, Kurja again was awesome enough to to bail us out. But I'm glad you're back. Last time we did a lose views, I was able to get Black Widow in two minutes. Oh. If I'm not mistaken. So I think I can try to do a lose views for Space Jam: A New Legacy. Okay. Um. 
so um, here's going to be uh, Lou is going to do a Lou's views, and then I'm going to I'm going to do a, a D's. I was going to say D's nuts, but I was going to say I was like, what? <laughs> I'm going to see if I can beat it. Um, I, I think I can get mine in five seconds. Wow. <laughs> Jeez, I can't even say LeBron James in less than five seconds. What are you talking about? LeBron James. Okay. LeBron James. Okay, so here is Lou's views. And uh, for those people who may have, this might be your first time listening to us, well, welcome. Uh, Lou's views is basically where Lewis tries to um, uh, do a recap of the whole show as quickly as he can. So a record so far is two minutes, I believe. So let's see if we can do this. Are you ready, Lewis? I will. I'm as ready as uh, I can be. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one, and go. Space Jam, a new legacy starring LeBron James and Michael B. Jordan, maybe, and Don Cheadle. So this movie begins with a fictionalized version of our superstar basketball player here living in L.A. And, of course, uh, it's it, it premised with the fact that, well, parents just don't understand kids and their Internet nowadays and their video games. Uh, we start off with a little conflict between him and his second child, Dom, who is a, a gamer. And uh, we'll talk about more how inaccurate games are in these movies uh, later. But uh, there's, of course, a little conflict between father and son. And conveniently enough, in Warner Brothers Tower, a uh, uh, artificial intelligence uh, called the Warner Tower 3000, I believe it was called, uh, t- uh, gains sentience in the guise of Don Cheadle. So he wants to take over social media and everything like that. So he conv- he comes up with a contrived way of basically absorbing and teleporting Dom LeBron James into the Tooneverse, where we are introduced to the uh, a basically one hour long commercial for Warner Brother products. Um, from there, inside this uh, multi teen, oh sorry, this Warner multiverse, we are introduced to the cast of characters that will uh, round off uh, LeBron's team, full of your favorite past and current uh, Looney Tunes characters against the Goon Squad, a animate, uh, the animated gaming versions of um, various NBA and WNBA All Stars. Um, through the uh, power of family and love, LeBron wins over his son and wins the day. That's it for Lou's views for Space Jam: A New Legacy. Dang, Lou! I'm trying to. Do, <laughs> I'm trying to do things. I think this cold medicine is getting to my head, guys. So, but just... I, don't know how you, how, I don't know how you're going to be able to top this, but you are a, a minute forty-two today, so that's. Be... <laughs> uh, that's not that long. <laughs> I mean, I, that's I, a marathon for me, guys. Eventually, or what's what's gonna happen? Like, lose views gonna be like forty seconds. I, yeah. I want to hear your five second review, then. Yeah, go, yeah, go yeah. for it. Okay, these, yeah. these views. These. <laughs> these nuts. These nuts and bolts. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> Ready? Here we go. <clears throat> It's Space Jam once again. Yeah. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> I mean, the fact that at least, what, three different times the the tunes reference the fact that we're doing this again? Yeah. <laughs> uh, can, can I give my less than 10 second review? Go ahead. Since we're all just going through this review real quick. Uh, LeBron James hates his son? Yeah. <laughs> 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 
the worst father ever. Yeah, <laughs> like um, That's basketball. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. So it's funny because I think a lot of the negative reviews are talking about how um, it's literally LeBron playing against cast uh, or like uh, you know, um, because LeBron James is actually kind of a fun dude and like he does, like yeah he 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 enjoys video games even he he likes playing a Game Boy, um. He is pretty good at uh, playing Space Jam or um, sorry, uh, NBA Jam, but apparently he doesn't remember how to play NBA Jam because his son schools him, and his son has one bug, and much like uh, Call of Duty, uh, the one dev error takes down the whole universe. So like, um, it was, I, I the thing that made me laugh the most is people saying that Michael Jordan was a way better actor than LeBron James was. Um, have you seen the original Space Jam? <laughs> because Michael Jordan is terrible in that movie. <laughs> like, hey, what am I supposed to do here? Like, dude, oh my god, well, I was I was watching it before I watched this one, and I was like, dude, LeBron James got to be at least better than Jordan, right? Like, here at least. I mean, not in real basketball, but like in in Space Jam basketball. So, I mean, it. I think the fun part was them literally turning like Joel said and like I said watching the original trailer into Ready Player One where I was like yeah we're gonna mash all of these Warner Brothers properties into one thing and you're gonna like it because it's free so yeah here's them in Mad Max Fury Road (coughs) and here's them in the Matrix which why (laughs) it still confused me like Granny Granny playing Trinity? Come on, dude. Let's be serious here. Yeah, some of the decisions were kind of odd. Because um, I personally love and watched Rick and Morty. And they did a, like, oh, a cameo. Because, again, it's just a, an incredible Warner Brothers flex of, like, here's stuff we own. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is not happening. But, um, yeah, so, oh, then, uh, did you want to, or what, 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 did you, oh, no, you did your, yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you did. Oh, well, I, I, I kind of want to talk about. It. Um, oh yeah, sure. You know the the the, the movie itself. I I I'm, I'm surprised. I, I I don't know. I wouldn't say um, Michael Jordan was terrible in Space Jam. Uh, definitely not the best actor. But it was considering who he was and considering what he his his job was. He was a better actor than he was a baseball player. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> at, at least there was some. There was some emotion to it, I guess. But I was surprised at how well I thought LeBron James did in the movie. But as Harold kind of pointed out, he and the um, the writers did such a disservice to him that, yeah, you need to have that conflict. Yeah, you, you need to have um, the, the, you know, that, that moment of realization. But you made LeBron James so unlikable throughout the movie until 15 minutes into it where all of a sudden you can see that he's enjoying himself um, which I think worked against the movie because it could yeah I, I agree um, um, the whole ready player one thing was a weird um, uh, thing to do um, I don't think they needed to do it but uh, but then again you know as Harold said it's it's their money they can do whatever they want with it but um, I, I think 
knowing LeBron James and seeing how well he performed during the times where he was able to let loose, um, I, I, I think it could have been better with a better script. The, the other thing that, that kind of like um, surprised me was I was really looking forward to um, the, the new monsters. I forget what they're, they're called. Um, you know, because I really enjoyed like part of my favorite, my favorite part about um, the, the first movie was just getting to enjoy the monsters. They were actually one of my main, uh, the more, my, my, my more favorite parts of that movie. The fact that you made you, you get these you know two WNBA players and three amazing um, uh, you know uh, basketball players and you kind of make them into a you know like insignificant portion of the movie like really surprised me yeah they gave Damon Lillard a, a fun a little like uh, you know the flash uh, Quicksilver moment which made his character enjoyable. But that was such a that was just like one part of it, and then all of a sudden they kind of ignored everything else, you know, and they focused on Don Cheadle, who I thought played the character really well, uh, but still, you 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 the the it, it it hurt that James didn't have a likable character, and at the same time you didn't have a memorable um, villain because who's the villain the the son. Now, Chilo, <laughs> there was really nothing there. So I think, like, I don't think it was a terrible movie, but I really thought that they're, they're considering the property um, and taking away my bias and hatred towards LeBron James, I think it could have been better. I, 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 I'm just going to go with Den for a second here, Lou, is I completely agree with that point. Um, the Monstars and literally the five guys, five NBA players having their power stolen in the original uh, NBA Jam was the highlight of that movie. Like, uh, NBA Jam, in the original Space Jam, that's the, like, like them uh, taking, you know, very entertaining players at the time um, and then seeing what happens when they, do, they A, lose their talents and lose their powers, but like actually letting them, <coughs> man, I'm joking, uh, letting them like be fun and having fun with the characters where you don't get that sense of fun with any of the guys like that they've replaced them with and like in this goon squad like like you for if you really didn't think too much about it you wouldn't remember who any of those guys were on that goon squad whereas 30 years later you remember exactly who well at least me exactly who the five players were in the original monsters and then now Anthony Davis is literally a guy who plays center for our basketball team, and I forgot he was in the movie for most of the time. And I was like, "Oh, who's that eagle looking?" Oh, yeah, oh, right. he has a he has an eyebrow. Oh, that's yeah. Weird. Oh, yeah, Clay Thompson. Sometimes he's hot. Sometimes he's wet. So he's wet fire. <laughs> I was like, "Ew." By the way, I completely forgot Clay Thompson is there. See. <laughs> And it's like, and Diana Taurasi, and I can't print, I'm, I don't want to disservice the other player who was on there because I will murder her name. But like the WNBA players, former MVPs, Diana Taurasi, pretty much the greatest, you know, one of the greatest ba- female basketball players, if not greatest basketball players of all time. And it's like, you have the chance to showcase her and her talents. And like, you know, she's actually a fun, like really cool person. 
and it's like, hey, I'm here. No, <laughs> that's all. I mean, uh, you know, like you were talking about favorite moments. You know, um, uh, to this day, every t- single time I think of Space Jam, it's still that moment where Charles Barkley is being clowned by like the kids. Yeah, dude, fake. That scene will always be him like walking off as if he's like uh, Charlie Brown, you know, uh, walking away. Like th- that scene's still uh, in my mind, and you don't get any of that from the uh, from any of the players because. Correct me if I'm wrong. There was really no like moment where their actual character got stolen or, or got got in, like those five those five basketball players had nothing to do with this movie. Like they're while while this this event was happening, all five of them were still like um, in like um, their mansions doing whatever it is. It was just their avatars who was in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was. It. It was definitely an odd decision for that case. Um. But I. I know. It seems that we're on a streak of like pooping on the movie a little bit. But um. I'll give. I'll give something some props. Um. I like the sneakers. Um. Uh, I know Harold's the other sneakerhead here, as well as uh, Dennis does appreciate some brightly colored uh, outfits. But um. I liked. I. I think the snakes were fine. I like the. I like the new uniforms. I actually kind of dug how they pulled off, um, you know, versus the first Space Jam, how uh, it's, you know, a more 3D CGI rendering of, of the cast. So I kind of dug that. Um, I do agree with you guys. I think the casting was a little, especially in the casting of, uh, oh my gosh, I was literally just thinking of his name. What was the bad guy's name again? Um, Algae Rhythm. Al- <laughs> Algae Rhythm, yeah. I think Homie is just way too charismatic to be a bad guy. And I think he's he's gotten so much... Uh, you can't remember his real name. Is that what you I cannot. Re- I'm really having a fart, uh, a brain fart right now. Right. You just said it earlier, and I, I, it's well, killing like me. Ten seconds ago, I just shouted out his name. You did. Yeah. <laughs> oh my lord! I can't, his I can't, last I can't. name sounds like an eagle. A cheating eagle. Oh, thank you, Don Cheadle. <laughs> Don Cheadle is just way too charismatic and too nice, and I think he's he's bought. Or he's earned too much uh, uh, goodwill as War Machine in the Marvel movies to be like taken seriously as a bad guy, even as a, even if he was an evil uh, AI. But um, yeah, so it, it is unfortunately a little bit uh, forgettable in in that sense. But and and not to mention, like I think they gave up a lot of that. Yeah, the the fun of the first movie was like building the team and whatnot, and and they did do that same too here, but obviously at the at the expense of like. Here's all these fun little, or, or, or here are the fun little corners of the uh, Warner universe. Um, on that note, I mean, yes, we are a fanboy website, so or podcast, but I did love the pa- the part where they went to Metropolis or to the DC world. So fanboy me was uh, kind of happy to see that. Uh, I really love seeing the old Bruce Tim animation and kind of putting it together like that. So yeah, uh, lots of fun stuff. Uh, you know, it might not have been exactly catered for somebody who, or for the three of us who saw the original Space Jam back then, but yeah. I, I know there's a market out there who love this stuff, so, you know, uh, kudos to them, and I'm glad they, they made this movie, and yeah, maybe it'll be like, a, to be perfectly honest, they should just go ahead and make this a franchise, make another Space Jam in another 20, 30 years with the next big thing, and see how that how, see how that goes. I think Lou, ma- Lou makes a great point, though, in the fact that this movie is not made for us, and the original Space Jam was barely made for us at the time, because we were already teenagers when that movie <laughs> right. came out. Um, so it is a kids movie and I can, what? That was made for me. 
<laughs> you're, you're like 24 when that movie came out. <laughs> that was an homage for me, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> but like, like, yeah, it's it's very oriented. That's the thing that's kind of funny to me is, yes, the movie is directed towards children, but literally any of those jumping into different universes, that doesn't apply to any of those children. Barely, barely registering for the Wonder Woman scene with Lola Bunny. Like, they, if they had seen maybe Wonder Woman 84 or glimpses of the original Wonder Woman, yeah, maybe that makes a little more sense. But it's, like, why even have those scenes if you're saying that this is a, ch- a kid's movie? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. are, are, is, is you seeing them making an, an homage to The Matrix for kids going to be like, I want to see where they got that reference because you're not going to let those kids <laughs> watch right. that movie. Like you're not gonna let little kids watch uh, Mad Max Fury Road because like a bunch of, like as cool as it is for Wiley Coyote to spray you know uh, the spray in his mouth and stuff. Watching the original probably not the best idea for little children. Nope. <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, H, you make from uh, Lewis a good point. You make a good point. Where you know it could have been an excuse, and the excuse was, well, it's not for us. Obviously, it is. You know, like see, that's I mean, the thing. If if this movie was directed. <laughs> Uh, or was was towards, or was directed towards kids. Um, they wouldn't be showing the Bruce Tim, uh, Batman. Right. Or, yeah. They would be using you know DC superheroes or something like that. The, the, there's so much WB content that is geared towards kids that for some reason they forgot that. And the other, the last thing, and I know, and again, I told you, I didn't think it was a terrible movie. Um, if it's on TV, I might watch it again. You know, um, I'm not going to like um, seek out for it. But, you know, the, 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 the last thing that I do have to say is that, you know, um, I wouldn't say it was a renaissance, but it was a, a, for, for some, it was a, a, almost a reintroduction for, to Looney Tunes, you know, for when, um, when, when Space Jam came out. Um, yeah. and there was a reintroduction to, to all that. Um, and you have an opportunity to do a reintroduction again to the more modern kids because there's really no, you know, unfortunately, Looney Tunes is not the big name that it, it once was. And you have an opportunity to, to redo this. And uh, again, kind of like my complaint about LeBron James, you spend half the time them not being Looney. You know, they're, they're not, it's, it's like, even that 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 scene where Bugs Bunny and LeBron James are there, yeah, they're using you know, it's like referencing the Barber Seville. They're re- referencing you know um, all these um, uh, cool things, but because they're using that as the backdrop of uh, uh, of a serious conversation, the kids, it's not necessarily the most fun or entertaining thing. So I think it was a miss, unfortunately. I mean. For what it was, it was entertaining. Um, is it? It's pretty much on par quality-wise, I guess, with the original Space Jam. Just not as fun. Okay. I think. I think. I think that's the fun. Like the thing that's missing yeah. is the fun. Like even LeBron James in the last. Out of the Zoom. Yeah, it's literally like I don't know, it, like the last match or the final game or the only game. Should have been like more. They should have they should have played around more with um 
the concept they did it like that one scene where uh, Lola throws up the alley oop uh, in the homage to Dwayne Wade. That's fun. Do do more stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And then the thing that here's the thing that made me laugh pretty hard is, uh, you know, a, a lot of the things that they talked about had not having Pepe Le Pew in the movie because he's a little uh creepy in terms of like you know S A kind of stuff. Oh, um, yeah. they, they were like, oh no, Pepe Le Pew, but they literally have. The Droogs from A Clockwork Orange. <laughs> and the only thing that those guys do in that movie is beat up people and S.A. a poor woman. Right. <laughs> like, how is that a step <laughs> in the right direction? From but... Pepe I don't know. So I, I get it. I get them having fun with their properties and everything. Um, just make, make it a little bit... Um, Make the story just a little bit tighter, make it a little a lot more fun, like we said. But for if it's a kids movie and um, not even maybe your kids, maybe your kids might be too old already. Like maybe it's like for younger kids. So I don't even know. Yeah. So should we get to the review, uh, the final uh, review for Space Jam: A New Legacy? And should we Luke, give it uh, the Jeff Winger guarantee. Sorry, Lou. If the, uh, just in case we have new listeners, um, uh, could you uh, remind everybody what our um, our next <laughs> uh, awarded and celebrated um, and very well thought out uh, review uh, format? Yeah, we have a very scientific and mathematical method of rating our movies and streaming shows. So uh, the best of the best, we cut, we give it the Jeff Winger guarantee. The middling, but still okay, would be a perfectly cromulent movie, and the worst would be El Terrible. So, yep, let's uh, let's give Space Jam a new legacy our um, our vote. Um, for me, uh, I want to like it. I want, I honestly did. I really, 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 really wanted to give it at least a cromulent. But to be honest, like, uh, it was. Yeah, I think this will be the first one I'm going to have to give a Terrible for because like you guys have already kind of premised, the, the message was a little confusing. Um, the acting wasn't... Ex- I, I, yes, I get it. The acting's not exactly Oscar-winning, nor, nor was the first Space Jam. Um, the plot wasn't exactly anything to cry home for, but yeah, it wasn't... You know, I, I, I've seen it. I'm happy I saw it once. I'm not exactly going to go out of my way to recommend it to any of our friends and family who haven't seen it either. So, yeah, and at that rate, I'm going to have to give it the L3 way. Um, I agree with you, H. I mean, sorry, Lou. Um, you, you know me, again, I mentioned this. I'm, I'm not a huge LeBron James fan, um, but um, I, I moved, going into it, um, uh, you know, I was trying to give it a fair shake. Um, but I think I'm uh, I'm gonna go into the perfectly cromulent uh, version of, of, of great just because there were actually at least two times where I actually laughed out loud. You know, it was like um, and, and we didn't mention it, but uh, the Michael B. Jordan cameo. Oh yeah. Uh, just for that, I I the meter goes from El Terrible to. <laughs> You know, to to uh, perfectly cromulent. So it's like when you have a you know when somebody when when your teacher uh, sees that you have like a fifty nine point seven percent grade, and you kind of like, hey, teach, could you uh, fix it? And they're like, okay, fine, I'll 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 move it up so you get it. 
So I'm going to go with um, a perfectly cromulent, but barely. Um, I think the issue I have right now with our rating system is the word perfectly. Um, it's semi-cromulent. Okay. There you go. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It has its moments of fun. Like literally, like Dennis said, the Michael B. Jordan cameo was something that you could see coming a mile away, but was still so well executed. Um, also showing the fact that two of the members of the Avengers or uh, the MCU are now part of the Warner Brothers media company conglomerate. Um, but the fact is, it is a sequel and it is, it's moving on to the legacy of the original. I know it's called a new legacy. It's supposed to be a different kind of thing for future generations. It's, it's entertaining enough that, like Dennis said, you could probably watch it if it is on TV or, you know, if you just decide that you want to spend a couple of hours on an afternoon and be like, oh, this movie is at least streaming for now. Um, I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it in a movie theater. I don't think um, if I had watched it in a theater, I might have been a little bit more disappointed. I think we use that as a system sometimes, too. Um, but for what it was, entertaining enough, not really a great movie. Um, and a pretty good show. Here's the problem. That one of the biggest problems a lot of people had with the movie is the fact that it ha- tried to hammer hard that LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. And that's always going to be debatable. Everybody always has their biases or preferences. Um, but you don't need a movie literally saying this guy is the best of all time, so we should respect him for it. But the other joke that always will make me laugh is uh, everybody capping on the fact that LeBron James couldn't pick a team. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, oh, you're going you're gonna to pick another team now, LeBron, that you're losing? I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> but then he stuck with our team and he won us a championship. So can't complain too much about the man right now. So uh, semi-cromulent, I'd probably watch it again. I just wouldn't go out of my way to watch it. Okay. Well, that sounds semi-cromulent then. That's, that's <laughs> um, uh, last but not least, uh, you know, another show dropped last week. Um, and it's something that, We've been excited about, at least I know I've been excited about, um, ever since Kevin Smith made that announcement. Um, and it just so happened that we were um, on that show when um, they, he kind of started like mentioning it and kind of started talking about it. And of course, the show we're talking about is, um, uh, let's see, Masters of the Universe um, Revelations is the, the official title for it. Um, and it has been getting a lot of... Uh, uh, feedback from 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 fans and uh, and people like and since we are a review wish uh, podcast, I, I think it would be interesting for us to kind of talk about um, you know the controversy um, that is uh, arising from uh, he, um, Masters of the Universe Revelations. Uh, Lou, you want to start us off? Sure. Well, I guess the biggest qualm, and there will be spoilers up ahead. So this is in regards to, we're, we're, talking, we're reviewing Master of the Universe, the newest sequel. It's not, uh, if you haven't uh, followed or seen um, Kevin Smith's um, mentions or anything like that, this is basically a sequel. It's not a reboot. It is not a reimagining. It is not a, uh, anything of that sort of the Masters, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe franchise. It is, he basically uh, spelled it out uh, at that podcast that we were at, as well as all the media that he could uh, hear 
or that will listen to him, he said that this is basically a sequel to the 80s classic that we knew and loved. And for the most part, it was. It picks up literally in uh, moments, in, I guess, in a big fight uh, leading up to that, uh, excuse me, to the beginning of the series. And yeah, so the controversy, however, begins or starts from the first episode where, um, lo and behold, He-Man and Skeletor are expeditiously, well, killed off, for lack of a better term, from the show. And the rest of the, the, the rest of the albeit short, but very, I, I thought it was a pretty meaty series, um, basically showed a lot of He-Man and Skeletor in flashbacks only, but it was the new adventures of basically the uh, Eternia trying to pick up the pieces after all of magic has disappeared because of the final clash between He-Man and Skeletor. Um, so yeah, that's, and, and I know a lot of the controversy, unfortunately, is from the fact that a lot of fanboys are complaining that it became the Tila show. So if you don't, if you don't know your He-Man and Masters of the Universe uh, characters, Tila was basically her, you know, uh, he, she was He-Man's right-hand uh, man, uh, uh, person, sorry, uh, always fighting beside him. Uh, he, she was also Man-at-Arms' uh, adopted daughter, and so in this show, she gets a promotion and she basically gets to be the center, front and center of the show while she tries to retrieve the power, the sword of power and try to bring back uh, magic uh, to, to Eternia. So, yeah, a lot of fans, I guess, were a little or a good amount of vocal online fans. I don't know how many there are specifically or they just have very busy Twitter and uh, Rotten Tomato fingers uh, who have kind of more or less dumped on the show. So, yeah, that's uh, if you didn't know, that's what happened. Yeah, it's funny, Lou, that. Um... You know, you talk about people dumping. Uh, like, uh, you know, if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, uh, they actually have a fresh um, uh, rating for um, uh, of Masters of the Universe. But that's the critics' um, corner. But if you take a look right. at the the uh, the user reviews, it's you know, it, it, it's it's basically down in the dumps. Yeah, it's and, rotten, right? You know, and, and as you kind of pointed out, yeah, there is that. You know, um, the fact that, you know, it, it started right from the get-go. I, I still remember when um, when when the official title was announced and it was Masters of the Universe. Um, the first question everybody said, wait, wait where's He-Man? And, um, you know, and I think one of the controversies that's happening is that um, earlier on when, um, when, um, when uh, Kevin Smith started doing uh, press for this, um, a website... Um, kind of was able to get a jump on uh, Kevin Smith and kind of said, you know, um, from what I heard on the first episode, you know, um, they're, you guys are going to kill off He-Man. You know, is this true? And um, Kevin Smith uh, trying to, I don't know, maybe um, preserve secrets and everything, kind of like backtracked and tried not to answer that. And now he's being accused of, uh, you know, lying to everybody. But at the same time, you're right. The whole Tila thing, um, it, it you know you you do have Tila pretty much on all four episodes, um, and then you finally get Adam, and you finally are able to you're you're looking forward to here it is here's Adam taking up the the sword of power once again to become He-Man, and then you seemingly kill him off, again, you know, and it's I I can see where the uh, where where the um, the controversy is, I can see where the um, the the, uh, the the hatred towards it so far. So I guess I I, I want to ask the the, the 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 two of you guys, um, you know, what you thought of the show, and um, you know, do you think that there's any legitimacy uh, in the uh, complaints that 
that's being um, uh, leveled out to everybody. Like, um, it is weird. This is what I think is genius, by the way, is the show was never titled. The original show was entitled The He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And people should have taken the hint when the show was not named He-Man. And it was just titled Masters of the Universe. It's like, hmm, it seems a little suspicious. I, I mean, myself, I never really thought of that too much because I do follow Kevin Smith on Twitter. And I had read all the reviews where it's like, no, this is not the Tila show. No, I did not kill off uh, He-Man. This show is strictly about He-Man. And it's like, he honestly, he didn't do it. He did a bad, he did a disservice to the show by saying those things. Like, yes, he was going to get hated even more for that. But the fact that he literally outright said, whatever you guys have heard is completely untrue when it ended up being true. Like that, you don't dodge the bullet like that, man. Like, especially when you have a fan base, a fan base that's apparently as hardcore as the He-Man uh, fan base is. Who knew? Like, yeah, who knew that uh, <laughs> people who were into a masculine superhero <laughs> were going to be uh, disappointed that he was hardly in the show? So, um, that actually threw me off too, because like, yeah, at the at the end of episode one, you have He-Man and Skeletor both uh, meet their apparent doom. And it's like, oh, no, where does the show go from here? And then with the second episode is literally like, oh, now this is the adventures of Tila. It's like, oh, all those people who had been complaining about it were them complaining is not right. But the fact that they were right about now the storyline is going to be about how Tila needs to get everybody to band together so that they can find the new like find the new masters of master of the universe or find the old masters of the universe, uh, bring everything back into uh how things are supposed to be like that's an interesting storyline and people just weren't gonna uh follow it because of the fact that it wasn't he-man doing all of the the main uh exploits so it's like yeah for kevin smith he was damned if he did and he's damned if he didn't so either way he was going to get crap for it so i mean kudos to him for taking a new direction with the the property itself and then for us, to, for him to leave that kind of a cliffhanger with everybody else, where now we don't have any clue on where the show is supposed to be going from here. But at the same time, you're very interested in seeing where things are going to be going. That's how you catch him. And that's how you get him. And that's how he got me. So I'm looking forward to seeing where the rest of this goes. Yep. Um, I agree. I, <clears throat> I honestly, I feel like that's the, that's the problem with fandom in general nowadays, unfortunately, is that um, like, like everybody said, like we're, the critics or critics i'm doing air quotes you can't see me but um air quote, uh, these critics are quick to jump to the jump the gun and presume things before even watching one episode or even finishing the episode if you've seen them first um you know they're so quick to judge and i guess unfortunately that's that comes with like this is the kind of this this uh spoilery you know uh, spoiler happy and behind the scenes happy kind of uh environment that the fandom has has turned into in the last you know decade or so you know we're a bunch of entitled nerds to be perfectly honest like getting all upset about nothing and like what harold say is like oh i didn't know there was such a freaking vocal fan base of masters of the universe you know t- tell me like two episodes two of your favorite ma- uh, original episodes i bet you none of them can even say anything they just want to find something to get mad at and 
to be honest, though, I didn't. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I didn't even know that there was an issue with Kyle Kevin Smith marketing this until after the fact that I finished the series. Because while I was in that heavenly bliss of not knowing anything about this show. Uh, oh, not no, not not knowing anything about the show. But while I was watching the show and blissfully unaware of all the uh, the, the the upset uh, nerds, I really thoroughly enjoyed the show. Like it was such a great premise. I it's it reminds me a lot of how thankfully you know we are in a culture where we're doing a lot of these sequels to these beloved eighties and and nineties uh, properties. We've had a glut of really horrible sequels. Like nobody's rushing back out to go watch Independence Day Resurgence because it was it was bad. Like nobody's gonna go see you know <clears throat> excuse me you know uh, and that and that kind of thing. But I love that they took a chance with this and really yeah they 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 exited the or not exited but it's it's kind of like a rise of uh, I'm sorry uh, Force Awakens in a sense where like you start off the movie with like there is no Skywalker you know so <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so it, it was kind of in the same vein that I, that I really appreciated. So I really dug that. Um, I also dug the fact that even Skeletor, in, in, speaking of uh, Mark Hamill and Skywalker, uh, one of my favorite lines from the show in the first episode happened when he says, like, when, when He-Man finally sta- or actually stabs Skeletor, he's like, he finally used the sword the way it's meant to be, like, as a sword. It was like, oh, yeah. Because, if you again, if you were a fan... Uh, Adam would only only use that thing to block things or use it like a bat. And I was like, stab somebody with that damn thing, dude. It's a sword. <laughs> so when he finally did, it's like, of course, when he finally does use it to stab somebody, uh, all hell breaks loose and <laughs> he literally almost breaks his planet. But um, otherwise, I really thoroughly enjoyed the show. It was very, like, I, I love so many parts of it um, that maybe we can get into detail later because I've talked too much. But yeah, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the five episodes. The only problem I really have is, like Harold said, it was short. Like that cliffhanger really was a cliffhanger. Um, I think we were used to, even with Trece, we had like eight episodes. Um, you know, the Cobra Kai, the, the Netflix version at least, had like nine, ten episodes. I was ready to be like, oh, we're only at fifth episode. We got a little more to go. Yeah, and even like, the Mar- even the Disney Plus shows, you, you're you getting a minimum of six episodes. Exactly. Thank you. Yes, you're right. At least. So five episodes to me is like, really? That's all we're getting? That's crazy. But um, so yeah, that, that's really my only issue is that it ended on such a great cliffhanger and such a great note that I cannot wait. And I think, um, <clears throat> I, again, like I said earlier, I follow the people that Harold follows on Twitter. So I I, I follow Kevin Smith and I think one of the, he, he retweeted some uh, one of his um, uh, music producers or something like that. And they said, oh, can't wait to play this in two years. And I'm like, two years is way too long yeah. to wait. Like, you better crank that out soon, man. Like, I, I need to know what happens to Master of the Universe Skeletor. So, yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, I, I'm with you, uh, Lou. I thoroughly enjoyed the, um, the, the show. Um, I, uh, I, I was blissfully unaware of what was going on. But I think now um, I am going to be one of those uh, people that are going to, like, um, throw a fit um, but it's going to be the opposite of what everybody's fit is is right now because everybody is angry that you know you emasculated uh, he, uh, Adam because instead of him looking like a copycat of a uh, He-Man except not in a uh, you know not in a thong um, you actually make Adam look like a normal human being and you have this you have this plausibility as to why Tila never understood that Adam and He-Man was the same person. Um, 
but at the same time, you know, it, the one of the biggest gripes everybody has was that the, the show was too woke. You know, you you, yeah. you you're you're making it all about Tila. Uh, Tila seems to now have a girlfriend. You know, um, you know, like all, all these. It's almost the same. It's almost like the same people who were um, uh, complaining uh, about um, Ray being the the focus of the trilogy. Um, is all of a sudden out in the woodworks again, but this time around talking about Tila. But I have to tell you, if th- that is because um, you know, it's almost like Kevin Smith doesn't understand that trolls are out there and that he doesn't have to respond to every single troll. Uh, so much so that he's been pretty much talked about some of the plot lines of the future, what's going to happen, and. One of the things that I will I will tell you I will throw a fit if the secret is that Tila is going to be a the sorceress or something like that I'm gonna be really disappointed I want Tila to take that damn sort of <laughs> point transform into I don't know Shira. she man she woman <laughs> you know I I I don't think they would do Shira because uh, Netflix already has Shira. So I don't know if they're going to uh, try to do that. But at some point, you know, uh, you know, at some point, if, if Attila does not get to, uh, it, it, it can be, it, it doesn't have to be permanent. It can just be a temporary thing. But if Tila does not pick up that sort of power and transform, uh, I will be one of those people tweeting. I will actually start my tweeting uh, campaign just, and learn how to use it just for that. <laughs> just for that. You, you, you know what her name is going to be when she becomes a master of the universe, right? Oh, Lord. What? Tira. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Tira. No, a tea bag? No. Okay, anyways. Um, here's the thing. Now, here's the thing. But what I enjoyed the most, really, was the uh, the writing. Like, the sense of humor that the show actually had. Absolutely, line, absolutely, the, yes. The one line that really just, I had to rewind and watch it, and I'm not going to say it verbatim, but it was literally like, who would have thought that a person named Evil Lynn would be such a bad person? <laughs> seriously did. And then her later on in the series going to be like, oh, yeah, it's it's not, my name's not Evelyn, it's Lynn. I just added the evil. I'm like, get it. <laughs> Why is this so clever? <laughs> Who the hell wrote? And then you read the, the the writers are either Kevin Smith or Mark Bernardin, and it's like, okay, I get it. Yeah, I, I really get. It. I was like, now I understand why that you know that they went with the humor that they went with. And then I I remember, and I think I distinctly uh, said this before was Kevin Smith said that the the show is going to do a complete change, or how you see two different characters, and one was Cringer, and the other one was going to be Orko. And I was like, Cringer, not so much. By the way, after this, we need to talk about the voice cast for this because it's amazing. Absolutely. But, but uh, whatever they decided to do with Orko and make him like the new Gandalf, um, kudos to that. Like literally changed his whole backstory as a joke character and then made him basically uh, as powerful as a sorceress. It's just, yep. you know. Yeah, I'm surprised. Dennis, okay, I'm sorry, but the only thing Orko did do or say is, "You shall not pass." You know, he basically did though. (laughs) Like he didn't say it when he was shooting off his orcosity. I don't know what you call it, but like 
but that was his you shall not pass moment. It was his Hodor moment right there. Yeah, there, that know. was his... <laughs> Damn it, Harold. I was going to say that. That was his Hodor. That was his Dobby. If you're a Harry Potter fan, like, he would... Like, that a Harry Potter fan? <laughs> he was a Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Harry? Harry Harry. But, hey. um, yeah, dude, like, I, I loved what they did, like, in the sense of things, like, that was a gut-wrenching episode back-to-back when uh, Orko and Roboto, of all freaking characters... Here's a deep cut. No, not even deep cut. I think all of us grew up with these toys. And I think all of us have, we have a He-Man, I'm sure. We might have a Skeletor. But we, I think all of us might have had that like deep cut, excuse me, like third, fourth tier character that we had. And Roboto was mine. So when he died, I'm like, no, <laughs> no. That's the one toy my mom bought me at like Robinson's Galleria back in the Philippines. You know Why what happened he- to... You know what happened to Roboto, though, right? What happened, dude? He went domo. No, he, he couldn't catch a wrench. He couldn't dodge a wrench. <laughs> Stupid. Because, again, voice, act- voice actors, amazing. <laughs> How do you get two main characters from Dodgeball to be in the show? It's so weird, dude. Kevin Smith's got an incredible flex on this, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's such a such great uh, uh storytelling in like five episodes but yeah uh, like Harold already said let's talk about the voice actors real quick um sorry I'm, I'm pulling up the, the the cast real quick just for the sake of everybody getting up so uh i guess uh dennis already talked about evil lena uh lena Heaty from game of thrones mark hamill as skeletor uh sarah michelle geller buffy as tila um excuse me uh, Liam Cunningham, uh, again, another from Game, Game of Thrones. Um, Orko, uh, Kevin Conroy, with her freaking Kevin Conroy, Batman of the of the nineties and two thousands as Merman in a freaking small uh, <laughs> bit, bit role. Um, Alicia Silverstone, good lord, and Justice Long, just Justice Long, Lord Justin Long as Roboto and Jason Mewes as Stinkor, and of course Kevin Smith as uh, Cringer. Um, Oh, no, no, no. no. Cringer was, was, uh, was Stephen Root. Yeah, Stephen Root. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah. He stole his deeper. And Candyman himself, Tony Todd, as Scareglow. Another freaking deep cut. So, a great casting, to be perfectly honest. Um, so, what did you guys think of, uh, of the work, dudes? I, I think we've had, you know, having Earl on board and having interviewed him twice already, I think I, we've gotten a better appreciation for the kind of work voice actors uh, pull off, you know? Like, uh, in all honesty, if you hadn't told me besides Mark Hamill and Sarah Michelle Gellar uh, who the voice actors were, I never would have really guessed too much. Like, even thinking about now, I don't remember Merman sounding too much like Batman. Um, But the subtleties in everybody's voices, you can kind of get just the fact that, you know, you had those guys who are willing to go out there and be voice actors for this particular show shows the kind of uh, power that Kevin Smith still wields, uh, even though, you know, um, Justin Long was in Zack and Miri, so, you know, he's still staying in the same universe, I guess. So, good for him. Ben, any idea, uh, any thoughts on the voice acting? Yeah, um, I, I agree with um, with Harold. There was really, like, I wasn't aware it was Justin Long. I wasn't aware it was uh, Alicia Silverstone, but um, I thought that um, the voice acting was pretty, pretty solid. Um, you know, I didn't know who Chris Wood was, uh, but I thought his um, his uh, Adam and um, uh, and He Man was really good. But the one that 
I liked, and at the same time, it, it was a little jarring, was um, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Uh, a huge, huge Buffy fan. Um, but seeing her, I don't know, for some reason, because I, know, I remember what Buffy sounds like, um, it was jarring at times seeing Tila's, uh, uh, Buffy's voice coming out of Tila. You know, um, because there, there was no like, you know, it, it, it wasn't like, um, you know, Mark Hamill, who, who was like doing like different like, vo uh, you know, uh, uh, things with his voice and everything. It just really was Buffy speaking. It was just Samuel yeah. talking. And so it took me a while to get used to it. But even her performance, I thought was was really good. So it, it's going to be interesting um, to see that conversation between Sarah Michelle Gellar and um, her husband, you know, who who is a better uh, voice actor at this point. Uh, you know what Chris Wood's uh, nickname is, right? No. Morning. Hey. Morning, Chris Wood. Yep. <laughs> wow. Because he, he's sad all the time. Wow. He, he's sad at the fact wow. that Adam is. I just said it. I, I, why would you bring us down with that that information? <laughs> exactly. Also, having the, here's the the thing that I found the most jarring not jarring but just such a different change of pace was actually seeing a character named Grayskull. Yes, like I'd always figured you just name it because it's a Grayskull, but now it's like oh, that was just a facade, anyways. And it's like, no, we, we named it after the, the original Master of the Universe. And then having it being played by the original Broadway Aladdin, Mike, Kevin Michael Richardson, uh, like right away, I was like, hey, it's that guy. <laughs> but like that whole, and, and then again, um, the really bad name punning of calling heaven Preternia. Um, maybe rethink that one, guys, because that was... <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I, I can't. And uh, now, now that we are, I'm talking it out or uh, talking it out with you guys. What what the series reminds me a lot of, and Dennis, you might uh, uh, empathize with this idea too. But it reminds me a lot of the controversy around Legend of Korra. Yep. Like you know how a lot of the fans of the original, you know, Avatar were not exactly, you know, they were like, oh, where's Aang and da 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 da. It almost feels, now to think of it, it almost feels the same way. Like a lot of people, when I guess Legend of Korra was announced, you know, a lot of folks, a lot of fans were like, oh, I can't wait to see the, the, the further adventures of Aang. And literally in the first few moments of Legend of Korra, it was that Aang died. Here's the new avatar. It's like, oh, okay. And similarly, like uh, Legend of Korra, you know, it, it kind of, uh, what do you call it? It explained a lot more, uh, uh, a lot of history of the of the Avatar universe with, like, yeah, like uh, with, with the first uh, Avatar, with Avatar One, and in this case, we actually, like Carol said, we get we meet the actual Grayskull, and like, there's a dude named Grayskull, and again, not uh, I think just like the original property, uh, it was a, it was basically a 20 minute commercial. I want all of those masters, he men, he men's. <laughs> He mans from that one episode. I want them in action figure form yesterday. Um, I, I will postpone buying a new router, and you will, you guys will have to put up with my horrible land if I can get more uh, an, an actual King Grayskull um, and all those other dudes uh, from that one episode, including Lady who spoke caveman. <laughs> it, it's sad that um, the, the considering that 
this is supposed to be a show that's from Mattel, um, you would think that there would be more available um, action figures out there, right? There's really oh. you have you have um, the He-Man one, you have the um, I think they're calling Skelegod or something like that, um, and the new Battle Cat. But aside from that, there's really no like cool stuff yet. So I'm hoping that maybe they're waiting for um, uh, this to be a hit before they start releasing it. Um, I, I went to, I, I, I don't know if I told you guys, I went to Frankenstein's over the weekend um, and they had the He-Man one and the Skelegod, but that was it. There's, there's nothing else available. It's kind of sad. That's it? Oh, dang it. Give me more, dude. Yeah. Like, how, how do you, like, remember the original, like, uh, just original cartoons were always based off of the action figures themselves and the storyline came secondary. Like, how do you not know that you have a property that's coming out for over two years now and not be prepared with people being excited about purchasing these action figures? Yeah. Even, so. even Voltron had a, a plethora of, uh, of, uh, of figures when that... A plethora? <laughs> you know, so I don't know. Um, the, the last thing for me, uh, Lou, you kind of mentioned, you know, uh, you know controversy and all those things. Um, and it's, it's funny. You know, a couple of controversies, you know, one is um, the lack of He-Man. Well, it's, you know, it's not like the five, we have five more episodes. You know for a fact that that's where it's gearing towards. There's going to be more He-Man because it's going to be how do we get that sword away from Skelegod? And then now you're going to have He-Man beat his ass. It, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be there. So all those critics can be silenced. Um, the, the, the people, the critics who, who, who were saying that they, that uh, Kevin Smith killed, uh, their, um, their childhood because oh, Lord. They, killed off, um, they killed off, uh, Orko. Um, you know, like you said, we're, we're comparing Orko to Gandalf didn't, but Gandalf actually came back in the dark, the damn second movie, you know? So, you know, for a fact that there's going to be something that's going to happen with Orko. And so those uh, critics are going to be silenced. It's the critics who are criticizing the fact that it became a Tila show that will never ever be silenced because you know it, it, it's it's going to be interesting how they go about it, but um, it's not you know it's not like they can change their plans based on the um, you know based on the, uh, the the reviews because from what I understand um, the um, the animation everything is done. The only thing that they're doing is, as you said a while ago, uh, it's the, the the music. And once the music is there, they're gonna release it. So it's not like they can, uh, Kevin Smith can decide to stray away from whatever the plan is. So it's gonna be interesting how, in the end, that's going to, you know, uh, come about. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, um, unless we have more He-Man news, um, we are nearing our uh, minute forty-five. Or minute. Hour 45 mark, which um, surprisingly has been uh, uh, pretty consistent for us, guys. Um, it, yeah. um, it turns out we know how to talk. And um, <laughs> it's surprising how uh, quickly the time does go. Um, so uh, is there anything else that we want to talk about before we move forward? No, that's it for me. I love the show. Go. Yeah, I'm really excited to see where they go from here. Um, how uh, Adam can return back from Preternia for the second time. And um, 
We'll see. We'll see how everything goes. I want a she-woman. A she-woman must be there or else I'm going to start a campaign of uh, I hate Kevin Smith. Or else Dennis will write. I will write. Me and my one other person. <laughs> would it be... Would it be the worst fan service ever if he called uh, her Buffy? <laughs> or Slayer or something like that? Or they named her Daphne? Huh? Yeah, there you <laughs> go. And we will go with that, with that and we will end our episode. I truly hope you enjoyed our, um, our episode today. Uh, lots of things we talked about. And, uh, you know, we, this is us, uh, two fanboys of the Filthy Casual really just looks at what's going on in the world today and, you know, puts our twist to it and, uh, and we talk about it. And if you're interested in more things like this, um, you may listen to our old episodes. You can take a look at the two fanboys, one casual.podbean.com. Um, and for all our amazing content. And of course we also have on Facebook, you can find us two fanboys and it's with the casual whenever the podcast goes live, we'll be posting it there. Um, so yeah, find us on Facebook, add us on the, at our main page, not to mention our very fun and active Facebook group of like-minded nerds, geeks, fanboys, gamers, and, uh, just fun folks, uh, who love to t- uh, talk and, uh, participate uh, in the various fandoms. And then on Instagram and on Twitter at two fanboys, one casual and Twitch at casual fanboy gaming, uh, which we should be back on within the next week. Sorry, we've been busy. And then, as usual, anywhere you can find your usual podcast, we are there as well. That's it for us today. I hope you enjoyed our episode. This is two fanboys and a filthy casual. We'll see you later. This is Dennis. This is Lewis. And this is Harold. Peace. He doesn't have the power. Harold is long, long. <laughs>